Welcome to Wild Tater. I'm Charles Hathaway for part four of gardening for virtually nothing or for free, virtually for free. So I, as I promised, we're going to talk a little bit about food stamps today. I do have some other ideas. If we have time, we'll, we'll uh, get to those things as well. But let's talk about uh, fee food stamps or EBT, uh, electronic benefit Wait a minute, something, I forget what it stands for suddenly, but EBT card, which is food stamps. Recently, about, if I'm not uh, mistaken, two years ago, has authorized that people can buy fresh um, living fruit and vegetable plants. So they can use food stamps to buy tomato plants. They can use them to buy, to buy, uh, you know, uh, herbs and so forth. But they can also be used to buy buy fruit trees. They can also be used to buy grapevines. Now, I should tell you that um, while it is officially, you know, you should be able to buy them anywhere that takes food stamps. Not all the stores, because it is fairly new, not all stores have gotten 100% on board with it yet. Not, not that they're not agreeing to do it or that they're holding back somehow. They just haven't put it in yet. They haven't put it into their system yet. So you may go to buy something and they may say, I'm sorry, this, you know, food stamps doesn't cover this. Or what they'll do is they'll say, okay, you know, 25, 83 remaining. Where's your card, you know, your debit card or whatever, cash or credit, whatever. And you'll say, well, didn't the food stamps cover that? And they, they'll say, no, why would it, you know? <laughs> so they don't all know, but um, that's gonna vary from place to place. Uh, Walmart is probably one of the fastest adapting to this. And just because they don't know about it right now doesn't mean they won't know about it in a month and honestly if you just bring it up with them you, you know and this may be awkward so you may want to just wait it's up to you but if you just say yeah food stamps should cover that do you want to go check that out for me or can you get your manager to check that out for me um, they will look it up they will find that it is true that they do uh, accept it and therefore they will either put it through as a general food item um, so that they can get you through or they will put it into their system so that uh, they don't face the same problem again. Um, now all that said, if you just wait a month into the season when they start putting stuff in, you know, the uh, fruits and vegetables in the uh, plants, in the stores, then uh, after about a month or so, they're usually all the way in. Um, so you can usually go and buy stuff uh, without too much trouble. And you'll find that sometimes, more often than not, in fact, they'll cover some, but not others. So if you're trying to buy one of everything they've got, you're gonna find that much of it is not covered. But chances are, if you, uh, if you just try, you know, a couple things at a time, maybe a grapevine and an apple tree, you know, they'll probably work just fine. 
and if one of them doesn't work you can have them remove that one and then you know come back another time to try again and when you try again just try for just that one thing and then if it's in then you can you know to get another one if you're planning on getting more whatever um, chances are the things like tomatoes uh, carrots uh, you know broccoli the the stereotypical annual crops are probably not going to be an issue almost always but I do recommend using that if you uh, get food stamps and let me tell you why this is the thing that I think is the smartest thing that food stamps has done as far as what is covered since the whole system began because this enables people to grow their own food it's not just handing them a fish and it's not even just teaching them to fish it's actually um, giving them uh, a source you know kind of it, it's giving them a pool of fish and saying now learn to breed these <laughs> you know, so that you can feed yourself every day for the rest of your life you know it's not just teaching a man to fish but it's actually supplying them with the means to perpetuate their you know a, a flow of fish and so I recommend if you do this um, that you get trees as many trees as you can get uh, fruits nuts whatever you can um, whatever qualifies get those and also heirloom plants and I say heirloom not because of the genetic you know diversity thing that we've talked about before but because heirlooms are proven to be fairly prolific in terms of you know basically the seeds that you get out of a tomato an heirloom tomato are as good as a seed packet of heirloom tomatoes okay you're gonna get every bit the quality and every bit the uh, germination rate you know based on your circumstance how you go about trying to plant them and so forth and storing them and, and all that stuff assuming that that all that takes place um, right um, whatever that be for the particular vegetable they will be just as prolific in uh, growing as a seed packet that you buy from the store would be meaning that if you buy yourself an heirloom tomato plant and it grows you know 10 tomatoes on it you've basically just grown 10 tomato packets assuming that you do save the seed and try to plant them okay so that's why I, th I think heirloom if you're going annual crops go heirloom if at all possible be it peppers be it whatever and then beyond that I highly recommend um, based on the kind of system that we're talking about a perennial system that doesn't mean it can only be perennial plants but it means you're aiming for a system that perpetuates itself year after year I suggest getting as many perennial plants as possible get grapevines get uh, raspberries get blackberries get uh, um, rhubarb anything that will that will come back every year get that and things that won't look up what kinds of things will reseed well such as uh, as the various mustards as uh, um, radishes usually do pretty good carrots can do pretty good um, 
you know there are a lot of plants that I have tried to perpetuate and have not successfully done so and that may be for every any possible number of reasons such as you know just it was just too cold in my climate or or my location where I planted them is just not good or whatever maybe there wasn't enough moisture one of the you know the next year or whatever it was um, try different things but if you find something that works to perpetuate itself get more of that and get it going all over and then uh, as they grow, take those seeds and spread them because every succeeding generation is going to be more robust than the next. And in light of that, um, in um, harvesting, have your focus of the harvest be perpetuating to the next generation. Meaning, if you're going to be eating lettuce, you know, go ahead and, and pull up individual leaves, but do not chop it off, okay? because you want it to go to seed. If it doesn't go to seed, you will not get another generation of, of uh, lettuce. And uh, if something doesn't survive, a little chopping here and there, you may not necessarily want those genetics carried on to the next generation anyway. And so it's kind of like, well, if you can't stand a little bit of harvesting here and there, then you don't deserve to be here <laughs> because you want a very harvestable yield of, of uh, vegetables and fruits and so forth as far as fruit trees and so forth and just get as many as you can because if you get yourself a little orchard I looked up online to, to one time to see well, how many fruit trees constitutes an orchard and they said five fruit trees five fruit trees or more constitutes a, an orchard so if you don't have at least five fruit trees in your yard, man, get them. You know, if you got food stamps, it means you're already at a at a uh, income bracket that is low enough that the government considers that you really can't take care of yourself entirely. You know, and uh, and whether or not that's true, if they think so, it's basically government funded. Uh, um, gardening and and agriculture without the uh, all the stipulations and rules around what you can do with your plants and trees that you may have if you get a government grant for gardening or whatever like that there you know once you've made the purchase all the rules and so forth is, are done you know there's nothing left from their perspective you just ate that thing that you bought you know um, based on their system which is good for you because you don't have to worry about um, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure what the agricultural rules are if you have a government grant I'm guessing that you have to <clears throat> probably have a higher tax bracket or or maybe lower you know I you know I don't know what it is you, basically with food stamps there's going to be a little bit less that you have to worry about in terms of rules other than to know that that um, you are allowed to get fruit trees and and you know other perennial crops and I can tell you from personal experience that the Walmart uh, perennial roots that come out in the early spring and you see the rhubarb and asparagus and so forth if you plant those nothing is likely to come up right away 
And that's the that's the key there. When I uh, planted a bunch at the beginning of this last year of rhubarb and asparagus, I was like, well, let's just try it. They're super cheap. Let's just see what happens. And I put them in the ground. Nothing, nothing. Months went by. And guess what? Just about a month ago, they started uh, coming out with a vengeance, growing strong and healthy and I'm like, well, dang, you know, and these are perennial crops, so they will come back. So, you know, by midsummer, I was like, yeah, I'm so not doing that again. But by fall, I'm like, yeah, I'm doing that again. (laughs) I want a yard full of rhubarb because I can. You can get the three roots for like three bucks or something. And and yes, remember, we're investing in the future. You're not going to be harvesting this year maybe not even next year or the next that's fine all we're trying to do is establish a perennial system and if if i can save some money by getting a bare root thing um, then i'm going to do it now some of you will say oh no i'm not going to get the walmart stuff just the quality is no good and quality this and and whatever and and uh and so forth. Well, I, there's not much to worry about that um, because we're talking about people who can't afford to buy anything. Okay? Would you rather have a mediocre quality rhubarb or no rhubarb? And some people would say, well, I'd rather have no rhubarb. And, and you're just not the bracket of people that I'm talking to specifically today. Okay? <laughs> I'm talking to people who have never haven't tasted rhubarb since they were a child because they simply can't afford it and you know maybe they've maybe they're on food stamps and they and you know it's hard to justify spending the three dollars a pound um, rhubarb when you could get lettuce for you know a dollar for the whole head or whatever anyway point being um, go for it I mean just try it what have you got to lose? Honestly, if you uh, grow some good rhubarb and you're able to sell it, even if it is mediocre rhubarb, use the proceeds that you get to buy high quality rhubarb. Honestly, plants, while there is something of quality about uh, the different um, varieties and so forth, there's not something innately quality or bad quality about um the uh, plants themselves if that makes sense okay so what you might consider a bad quality apple might be a crab apple that doesn't taste that great you might say that's a bad quality apple but is it really because I mean as far as the trees is it a bad quality tree well if it's a tree and it's growing and it's healthy it's a good tree no matter where you got it from. And can you graft good quality branches onto a shore? Now, you may put it in a terrible place where it will barely be able to grow, maybe it'll only come up spindly and weak, but that has very little to do with the plant itself. That has a lot more to do with where you put it. Now, there is something to be said for buying something at a expensive nursery um, planting it in the ground and you get a harvest that year and it's a lush beautiful harvest versus buying from you know Walmart 
and it's spindly and barely grows anything and and then uh, um, almost dies and survives and then you know takes a couple years to kind of get its bearings but that's only a problem for the first couple of years once it gets well established and finds its niche and it's healthy it'll be every bit as robust as the the uh, nice quality one that you originally bought and do you know what the difference between the two are initially it's it's what they've received previous to the time that they came it's not like you've got junk seeds that are planted versus high quality seeds you may have pure heirloom seeds versus um, hybrid seeds and so forth but that's not a quality issue not really and so if you're talking about living things it's really going to come down to how it is treated and lives and what kind of fertilizers it's given because you can bet from an expensive nursery they're going to give it some nice expensive fertilizers nice expensive bug sprays nice expensive all the things that you're probably not going to do to it anyway that will give it the boost for when you put it in the ground and help it in order to help it survive so you know if you're not going to give it that stuff anyway then starting with a spindly one that really didn't have much of that it's not a big deal because chances are if you're not going to be doing that stuff then uh, the following year it's going to struggle because it's used to having nice lush fertilizer it'll do a really good year because it had a great head start next year it doesn't have such a great head start and it will struggle and on year three it looks just like the year three of your walmart one so I wouldn't even worry about that if I were you, it, it, un, unless you're determined to have a yield this year and have lots of money to do it with. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about uh, um, low to no cost gardening, okay, virtually free gardening. And so I guess it's not very fair to call that free gardening if you're getting it on food stamps. But I say it here because many who have no money for gardening are at a income level where they qualify for food stamps and if you haven't if you don't if you haven't tried for food stamps even though you know you would qualify um, for the dignity aspect of it you know it just I, I, I want to be self-sufficient I want to be self-reliant I don't want to rely on the government that's good and I say that's great you know but this may be something that you may want to consider if you're if you are finding ways to make ends meet and yet you're struggling because you want to have this self-sufficient system uh, an orchard or something chances are one year or one spring on food stamps will get you enough trees to make you self-reliant for the rest of your life with those fruits particular fruits okay um i'm not saying you know it that you should do it or that it's your duty to do it but it may be worth considering if you're in that situation it's it's one of the uh, better things that the government has done and i think they're still you know i don't know if they're just kind of um uh you know trying it out for a bit if it's on some kind of pilot program or whatever but but i want to encourage 
uh, people who are on food stamps to use that because you don't want to be on food stamps for the rest of your life. I don't know anybody that does. They, you want to be self-reliant. And if you could get to the point where you're growing 80% of your food, then you'd be like, heck, I don't need food stamps anyway. And if it was food stamps that got you to the point where you don't need food stamps, well, that's what food stamps should be used for. Now, um, we talked about all the produce and things you can get from the grocery store. Remember, too, that those same things that you can get at the grocery store, you can get with food stamps also. So if you're thinking chia seed, yeah, I can grow chia, but I can't afford chia. Well, if you're on food stamps, then you can. Now, it's still your choice whether you want to go that route or not, but uh, if you buy yourself some chia in order to have a chia garden, and then you're able to eat those leaves, eat those seeds, whatever you can get to grow, well, I mean, you may be able to start your own um, thread of, of chia. Oh, excuse me. Wow. Or whatever it be. So if you're on food stamps and, and that whole episode, you're like, well, I can't afford any of those things, then go back to that episode number one and two and listen to it again with the idea, I can get any of these things with food stamps. Okay, so um, so yeah, that's that's all for uh, food stamps aspect to it. Um, just as a little uh, uh, an additional side note, you might call this Appendix B if the food stamps was Appendix A, is beyond the uh, plants aspect of gardening. There are all kinds of things like fencing and. Uh, and watering and so forth that are a challenge if you don't have money. Um, now, you may find that uh, you don't have the money for the fencing for your for your garden, and you have a dog, and they're just going to rip your garden to shreds or whatever it be. There may be some reason why you know. Even if I put plants in the ground, how am I going to be able to take care of them without X? You know, be that a fence, be that a you know. Uh, some kind of protection or, or um, you know, something for them to climb, whatever it be. Just recognize that most things can be gotten for free. Okay? Let me tell you up front. I, I wanted to get chickens and I wanted to get uh, birds in order... To, and, and honestly, the first birds that I bought, I did pay for. Admittedly, I did, I did go buy them. And in fact, I... Uh, because I wanted to buy them early, I ended up paying about twice as much as I may have been able to pay for it if I'd been well, been able to wait a couple of months. Now, as it turned out, it was uh, uh, fruitous that I did get them as early as I did because the one chicken that survived that first year laid eggs and had chicks of her own, and so now I have eight new chicks uh, from her. So, I mean... You know, if she, if if everything had happened in the same time frame um, that it did, I probably wouldn't have had the chicks in time. Um, but anyway, beside the point. If you're not aware of uh, Craigslist, um, or if you're maybe you're aware of Craigslist, but there's other kinds of websites. KSL.com if you're in Utah, Nevada, Idaho area. Um, 
these sites are phenomenal for getting free animals okay the secret is just like <laughs> with avocado growing patience I mean you check the site every day and when something shows up that's free you get it now if you're gonna go this route and you don't know how you're gonna afford food get the food first okay and how are you gonna get the food get on Facebook and say hey anybody got any uh, anybody got any old food storage grains that they don't want anymore maybe weevils and and so forth I want that can I have that okay we'll talk in a future episode about what kinds of things you can feed animals um, and how to take care of them how to raise chickens from little chickadoodles as I call them and uh, And, but uh, for now, just know that you can get free food, okay? And also keep track of your, of how much food scraps you have, how much uh, leftovers you leave. Because if it's, you know, say about a half cup a day per bird, you're fine. You don't even need food storage foods or whatever. You can, I have neighbors that only feed their, their chickens uh, table scraps. And there's only two of them, an older retired couple. And that's all they feed them. I think they have four to eight chickens. I don't, I, I wouldn't do that myself yet. I'm not to the point where I've tried that enough to know if it works for me. I think it would work if my kids were on board with uh, always putting their food in the chicken can to be taken out rather than dumping it in the garbage. Like, don't put that in the garbage. I will make us some beautiful lush eggs. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, um, and recognize that uh, you can, anything that you do get out of your animals, out of your vegetables, out of your fruits, out of your trees, anything they produce is worth something to somebody. So you may grow enough fruit trees that not only do you get fruit, but all these leaves drop at the end of the year, <coughs> and you can grow, grow and, and uh, develop your own beautiful, lush mulch and if you can get on Facebook you know and there's you know I say Facebook because you can have groups you can have join a local you know look up your town's name you know uh, Bob County uh, farming trade or something you know there there's groups like that out there I guarantee you I'm in a tiny town of under a thousand people and uh, and there's enough people from my town on Facebook that we can develop our own group. Now, we do it community-wise, I mean, uh, county-wise, because our county is a lot more inclusive in numbers of people, and you can do that. That's great, whatever, you know? But uh, you can find your materials for free. You can find fencing for free. You can find whatever. Now, I uh, have advertised to everybody um, on my Facebook groups and, and profile and so forth. If you have leaves and branches that you're trying to get rid of, dump them in front of my house, okay? I have an area that they can see. There's just piles of logs and piles of sticks and leaves and hay and, and so forth. And they can just come and drop it and leave. Don't even have to talk to us. Just leave it and go. You know, it's, it's a 
it's a, a communal dump area for uh, organic, good organic material. And I'm using it, and it's been fabulous. Okay, some people would say, don't do that because you don't know what they've sprayed and so forth. There is something to be said for that. And if you have the luxury of, of being able to avoid all such things, do it, you know. If you don't, if you're like, you know what, I need anything I can get, then that's a great place to start. Eventually, you'll be creating all your own organic material, so don't even worry about that. That's, you're just trying to get things going, okay? That's, that's where we're at. And we have used our sticks, this is the point I was getting to, we have used our, our, our poles and so forth that we get sticks, branches, that people have gotten, sent us, um, dropped off for us, that we've used those for fencing. And they make great deer fencing so far because you can have this branch that's reaching up eight feet tall, and if you have one every two feet, and then you have, you know, this wimpy, uh, wire fence uh, at the base actually turns out to be a pretty dang good fence you know and you can look up maybe we'll we'll uh, go into this more but there are skills that pioneers use to build their fences out of logs and sticks and so forth that we could be using today the only reason we don't is because we've got these nice chain link fences that you can buy and most people and understandably so, just buy them. And that's great. Well, if you don't have the money to buy them, and it's a matter of, well, it'll probably be about three years before we can afford to get this, or you can put up your cheapo fence that'll last maybe three years, and then you can get started with your growing now, and you don't have to wait to grow stuff. You can start growing it now, and then in three years, you can make it a nice, robust chain link fence when that time comes. That's great. And then all your fencing can be broken down and used as mulch you know I mean there's no reason to that it can't be both anyway so um, if you're thinking that I can't afford X whatever it be there's probably a way to get it if you're willing to be patient if you're willing to do your research if you're willing to ask around and if you're willing especially if you're willing to go public if you're willing to say, hey, I'm looking for this and I don't know where to find it. Anybody, help me out here. I don't have any money. Uh, but anybody know where I can get this? Ask and you shall receive. That's been my experience with Facebook. I once said, I could really use some chocolate right about now. Next thing I, I know, one of my Facebook friends drops a thing of chocolate <laughs> at my doorstep. I'm like, you are the bomb. That's is awesome you know I want to be that kind of person that just meets somebody's needs they probably just had a bunch of leftover Halloween candy I don't remember the situation they brought me chocolate I'm like sweet I had a sister-in-law that said man I could I need some uh, I think it was zucchini if I, I, I should go get some zucchini but I don't, don't really want to go to the store she Facebook and said if anybody wants to drop some zucchini on my porch I'd be happy <laughs> and they did I mean, it was by the end of the day, she had zucchini on her porch. She didn't know even who left it. It was great. I think she got on the Facebook message, or the Facebook comment, and just commented herself and said, thank you so much. <laughs> of course they saw it, because they, uh, they saw the initial message. So, I love that. I love that. People are willing to help, and, and honestly, anytime you, anything that you need, 
somebody's trying to get rid of that thing or they will be soon so just putting the feelers out you know it's not begging this is community this is what it's about and then be prepared uh, and be ready if somebody says anybody know where I can get X you be ready to provide it if you've got it you know we're to the point now that I I get so excited when people say anybody know where I can get duck eggs yes I have duck eggs not a lot but you know a growing herd of ducks is it a is it a herd or a gaggle of geese a flock of chickens maybe it's a flock of ducks I don't know anyway um, point is the things that you need are available you just got to be willing to ask you just got to be willing to think outside the box think outside of the outside of the outside <laughs> from the box um, and you can get anything that you need and with that, I'm Charles Hathaway. Thanks again for listening to Wild Tater.